When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 389, and today we are talking about books that will make great gifts this holiday season. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Patricia, hello! Hi, Liberty! How's it going? It's going okay. I'm really excited for this show. It's always one of my favorite shows to record. Like, what cookbooks have come out this year? What What this? What that? And yeah, so I'm really excited. How are you? I, I am the same. I am very excited. I took it as an opportunity to get a lot of books that I wanted so that I could be like, well, this is research. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm going to write these off. But yeah, so it's really fun. Although if we just exclusively heard about books that I would recommend that I bought for myself, then this would be like a whole show about coffee table books about Weird Al and Ford Mustangs. <laughs> And birds. <laughs> but there is a brand new Weird Al book that's really great that it's all like color photographs taken by John Bermuda Schwartz, who was his drummer is and has been for like ever. He had a book of black and white photographs last year. And now these are color photographs of Weird Al. You know, like Weird Al is like real big right now because of the movie. So, yeah. Well, and I feel like Weird Al, they have to be color photographs. Like, like, yeah. I, he's just a colorful person. <laughs> Well, the book last year is all black and white, and they're like from 81 to 83 or 83 days. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But they're still interesting. Yeah. And it's, you know, very specific wheelhouse. (laughs) (laughs) But it's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, what else is going on? I am still perplexed by my new TV. I think I mentioned that we got a new TV like a month ago, um, and it continues to like just astound me. Like now I'm into screen sharing, which is not a thing that I was aware of. And I can, you know, share what's on my little phone on like my NBA app. I can play all of the games like onto like project them onto the large television. And I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> and, and there's no cord. And I, and it, you know, I tried to, uh, play a prank on my husband last night by screen sharing my laptop screen while he was out in the living room watching TV, but it foiled my plans by asking me for a code first. So it brought this thing up on the TV and was like, you need this code. And he's like, what is happening? That's no fun. I just wanted to play like a silly video, like while he was trying to watch television, which is super obnoxious, but um, yeah, I I mean, I'm just, it's so astounding to me because I've never had any television, you know? Like, I used to think I was the Eleanor Shellstrop of my life, but actually it turns out I'm the Jason Mendoza. I'm just like, <laughs> whoa, all the time about everything. Yeah. 
That's what I got. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, what do I got? It we're we're recording this um the week before US Thanksgiving holiday, so Yep. I am um, we usually don't really do anything big for that holiday. I'm not a fan of that holiday. You're not gonna make us call turkey? <laughs> I don't like turkey. Mm. I don't like turkey. Oh, I cannot weigh in on that. So, And my family always historically has used it as a day to just eat our favorite foods. Mm-hmm. So as long as everyone is COVID free, we plan on going to my aunt's and having fresh ravioli. So Ooh, that, that, is, <laughs> that is the plan. But I am happy to have all like Thursday through Sunday off of my day job. So yeah, that's exciting. And speaking of jobs, we are going to talk about books. But before we do that, we are going to hear from our first sponsor. All right. So today we're going to talk about some books that make great gifts. I mean, all books make great gifts. And, you know, but some of these are books that we didn't get to talk about throughout the year. You know, like I mentioned, I got some of these recently to check out for myself. And, you know, we'll tell you, like, why we think they're great and who they might be great for Uh, And I'm going to kick it off with what I was calling my favorite book of the year, like the best book of the year, but then that was replaced by Benicula, the graphic novel. But I wanted to remind people that this book exists. It is The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza by Mac Barnett and Sean Harris. I did talk about this on the show when it came out because it's so great. It's a middle grade graphic novel, but it is awesome for all ages. You know, little kids will love the pictures. People who are slightly older than children like me will think it's very entertaining. And in this book, the people of Earth have noticed that something is happening to the moon. The moon has started disappearing because rats are eating the moon. Because that's reasonable. That That's a thing that can happen. Uh, and the government decides to stop the rats from eating the moon. They must deploy the most technologically advanced, dangerous weapon that they have. And that's Space Cat. Space Cat is a cat who wears a spacesuit and doesn't talk, but is up for the mission. So they put him on a rocket and they send him to the moon. And while he's en route to the moon, he discovers there's a stowaway in his spacecraft, LOZ-4000, a robot whose only job on Earth it is is to clip toenails. And you are not surprised to hear that he doesn't like his job and he wants to do something exciting. So he stowed away in the in the rocket and now he's going to the moon with Space Cat. And when they get there, they meet the Moon Queen and they go on these wild adventures to the dark side of the moon where the rats live. They have lots of dangerous tasks. They meet very formidable opponents. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. The real question, though, is when will Space Cat get to eat some pizza on the moon. It's just really cute and fun. And it's, re- it's it's long. I think it's like 300 something pages. It's really fun. And the artwork is very similar to Dave Pilkey. If you like, you know, Captain Underpants, that's Pilkey's work. I myself am partial to Dogzilla and Cat Kong, which means that he's been making books for like almost 40 years now. But it, it's just a really fun book. It is The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza by Mac Barnett and Sean Harris. And everything in this book is true. (laughs) Everything in this book is true. Obviously. Obviously. It's all true. It's nonfiction. Yep. Memoir by the cat. I used to date (laughs) Space Cat. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for my first pick, I have Justice of the Pies, sweet and savory pies, quiches and tarts, plus inspirational stories from exceptional people, a baking book by Maya Camille Broussard. Every year for the past, I don't even know how many years, I have made the resolution to finally bake a pie. I have still never baked a pie. I am incredibly intimidated by pies, and I don't know why that is. I will bake multi-layer cakes. We have made marshmallows from scratch. There is not a single cookie recipe I am intimidated by, but pies scare me. After seeing this book, though, if I get my hands on it, I might actually make a pie. I am an absolute sucker for gorgeous food photography, and every photo I've seen out of this book is just so incredibly appealing. I took a look at the table of contents, and oh my god. Sweet potato praline pie, dark chocolate cherry crumble pie, Chicken and biscuit pot pie got me drooling, and then like a lavender lemon tart, my heart skipped a beat. The recipes alone would be enough, but there are beautiful, inspirational stories about amazing people who have inspired some of these recipes. These are stories about people doing awesome things in the world that make me want to learn more about the individuals and their projects as well. I am not the kind of person to read a cookbook cover to cover, but this might be one that I would. I am also wanting to add to my collection of baking books by Black Bakers, so this will fit right in. I think it would be such a good gift for folks who bake, but also for folks who want to safely experiment with new flavors and expand their baking repertoire. It's Justice of the Pies, Sweet and Savory Pies, Quiches and Tarts, plus inspirational stories from exceptional people, a baking book by Maya Camille Broussard. Okay, one, I like that you're doing food books because I don't eat anything. <laughs> you know, like if it was up to me, it would be like, here's a cookbook about mashed potatoes, which there probably is one, but you know. Also, I like that you said that people who want to safely experiment with new flavors, like somebody, you know, gets called to the scene of this house explosion and they're like, what happened? They're like, oh, they mixed peppermint with, you know, onion and... <laughs> It wasn't There's safe. some dangerous <laughs> flavor experimentation that went Boom. sideways. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, funny. All right. So my next pick is The Song of the Cell, an exploration of medicine and the new human by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Now, you would not know it by listening to me, but I am not the same person I was when we started recording this podcast, and I will explain to you why that is. This is a science book. It's for people who love science books and just learning fascinating things because his books all read like page turners. He is the Pulitzer Prize winning author of The Emperor of All Maladies, as well as The Gene. Mukherjee is an Indian American physician and biologist. And this one, as you might have guessed from the title, is about cells. Now I was like, mm, what's a cell? I had to look it up because I was like, I don't know the exact definition. I just know that we're made of them. So according to the internet, and, you know, the internet, it says cells are the basic building blocks of all living things. The human body is composed of trillions of cells. The small It's the smallest unit that can live on its own 
and it makes up all living organisms and the tissues of the body. This book covers cells from the discovery of cells in the 1600s by two men who made their own microscopes. I think about microscopes as being like, oh, maybe the 1800s. No, they made them in the 1600s. And it covers cells up to today. You know, our cellular ecosystem medicine that is used in therapeutic manipulation of cells to treat diseases and problems, as well as uh, the diseases and problems that arise when cells behave abnormally, which is how we get those things. And it is said, as I mentioned at the beginning, that we are made up of entirely new cells every seven years, which means I'm not the same person that I was when we started this podcast. I'm only half of the same person I was when I started recording this podcast with Patricia three years ago. Like, it's it's wild to think about, and if I think about it too much, my head starts to hurt like an ice cream headache, so I try not to think too much. But it's just fabulous. Mukherjee is a fabulous writer, and this book is both brilliant and accessible, and you will learn so much. I, and I say you because, let's face it, let's buy all these books for ourselves. Who are we kidding, right? Books for everyone. This is The Song of the Cell, An Exploration of Medicine and the New Human by Siddhartha Mukherjee. I certainly hope somewhere in that book he works in that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Oh, yeah, there's a picture of it, like, holding up, like, its muscles, you know, like, it says, you know, welcome to the gun show. (laughs) I love it. I'm so. But you you can only see that through a microscope. Like, it's like the picture was obviously taken through a microscope. But obviously, he's posing. Oh my gosh. So, for my next recommended book, I have How to Read the Wilderness An Illustrated Guide to the Natural Wonders of North America by the Nature Study Guild. Okay, another gorgeous book. And actually, this one is out today. Sprayed edges on books are my catnip, and this book has such an interesting color palette. The edges are bright, like like emergency orange, and the cover is primarily a forest green, and it's super visually appealing to me. The Nature Study Guild has published pocket books for over 60 years that have helped campers, explorers, hikers, uh, and foragers navigate, identify, and recognize the natural world around us in North America. This book is hardcover and just under 400 pages, and it's like a, like a best of their work. I love, love, love the illustrations in this book. They are educational and simultaneously simple enough and detailed enough to give you just the right information to identify things, whether those things be flowers, trees, deer tracks, or sea anemones. I know I have mentioned that foragers have used guides from the Nature Study Guild, but I want to make it clear that this book in particular is not a guide to edible plants. It just helps you to figure out what a particular plant is, not if it's safe for humans to consume or not. Even so, I've been on a lot of hikes where I've just been like, yep, that's a tree. And I really wished I knew what it actually was. Or I'm in California, we go tide pulling sometimes. And I've been tide pulling and all I could say is like, that thing right there is a nope, don't touch it. But I don't actually know what the thing is. And this book can help me actually tell what things are. 
It is such a cool book. I find myself flipping through it every time I pass my copy on the shelf. I definitely recommend this as a gift for nature lovers, whether they are seasoned or just started hiking during the pandemic, or even curious kiddos who just want to know everything. It's How to Read the Wilderness, an illustrated guide to the natural wonders of North America by the Nature Study Guild. I think that the guides for adults are great for kids. Like, I get why yeah. they make guides for kids, but, like, my niece and nephew are super into insects and rocks and crystals, and I bought them all the DK guides for adults because they have, like, the most amazing photos and more information, and they're, going, they're like, you know, clothes. They're going to grow into them, you know? Totally. So, oh, I love I think DK guides, I'm, I just was writing this down <laughs> while you were talking. I might get this for them, and they won't know because they don't listen to the podcast. They're like, oh. <laughs> So, yeah, they're also, like, 9 and 11, so, I mean, it's fine. So, my next pick for today is one that was a National Book Award finalist, did not win the other night. It was my pick for, for the winner, but, hey, it's all right. It's The Man Who Could Move Clouds, a memoir by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. This, like I said, was a National Book Award finalist, and it was also longlisted for the 2023 Andrew Carnegie Medal for excellence in nonfiction. I got a little thrown there because it said 2023, but I realized like they're going to announce them next year. So it's, so it's fine. Ingrid Rojas Contreras is known for her debut novel, Fruit of the Drunken Tree, which was loosely based on her life in Colombia. Growing up, uh, it came out a couple years ago. It was excellent. And this is a memoir about her life living in Colombia in the 1980s and the 1990s during the political turmoil and at a time when Pablo Escobar terrorized the country, Rojas Contreras' mother was a fortune teller because magic runs in their family. Her maternal grandfather, her mother's father, uh, was a renowned curandero, which is a community healer, and I'm going to read what, what it says here, who is gifted with what the family called the secrets, the power to talk to the dead, tell the future, treat the sick, and move the clouds. And her mother was the first woman in the family to inherit this gift. Now, after they moved to the U.S., when she was in her 20s, Rojas Contreras suffered a head injury that left her with amnesia, and that's when her family told her that when her mother was young, she also had a head injury and had amnesia, and when she recovered from it, she had the gift of the secrets. So now they're thinking, oh, maybe she's going to have it too. So she decides, I think it's 2012, she's going, she wants to learn more about this gift. Uh, and she goes with her mother to Colombia because she wants to learn about her mom and her lineage and her family legacy and her mom's, you know, gift of the secrets uh, while they go to disinter her grandfather's remains. They're going to move his remains. Uh, and it's just, it's so interesting and Rojas Contreras makes memoir an art form. This is a great book for people who love memoirs, who love learning about other parts of the world. Like, yes, I'm glad my mom died. It's a great memoir. But, you know, for the holidays, give someone, you know, a memoir that is magical and fascinating. You know, uh, that is this one. It is The Man Who Could Move Clouds, a memoir by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. For my next pick, I have Revolutionary Women, 50 Women of Color Who Reinvented the Rules by Anne Shen. 
This is another book that I am absolutely in love with. Anne Shen's illustrations are just totally my jam. This book is, as the title hints at, beautiful color illustrations of 50 revolutionary women of color. Along with the illustrations, there are write-ups of each of the women. Sometimes it's a few paragraphs, sometimes it's a timeline of events, and some of them get a beautifully hand-lettered full-page pull quote. I deeply appreciate the range of women in this book. There are women I am familiar with like Gloria Estefan, Sandra Oh, Shirley Chisholm, Eartha Kitt, and Sylvia Rivera, but there are also women that I barely know anything about like Dorothy Toy, Joyce Chen, Kalpana Chawla, and Kathleen K. Livingstone, so I learned a lot from this book as well. While I think this book would be an amazing gift for a tween or a young adult, I also really enjoy it myself, and like I said, I've been learning a lot from it. I think it could also be a good gift for an adult who needs a bit of inspiration or who would benefit from a book that makes them feel seen. It's Revolutionary Women, 50 Women of Color Who Reinvented the Rules by Anne Shen. Okay, I also have a history book up next. It is Hollywood, The Oral History by Janine Basinger and Sam Wasson. This is an enormous book. It's 800 pages, and it's great for history buffs and cinephiles. And the authors have taken the archives of the American Film Institute, which is tens of thousands of hours of tape, and used over 400 interviews and pieced together the story of Hollywood from its beginnings to today, which, when you think about it, is 800 pages enough, like, that's a, a long time. Hollywood's been around a long time now. Uh, they have interviews from actors and directors like Jordan Peele, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks. But they also include uh, the people who work behind the scenes, like musicians, costumers, art directors, cinematographers, writers, sound men, editors, makeup artists, and even script timers, messengers, and publicists. Like, this is just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, because that's where all the good stuff happens, really. You get all you get all the dirt, you get all the cool trivia. I, when I was just a little kitten, I dated a boy whose grandfather was a famous film director in the 1940s and 1950s, uh, because I was dating him in the early 1990s, so that was possible. Um, and his stories were amazing! I could have listened to him talk all day, and sometimes he did. But I've just always had this interest in Hollywood ever since... Uh, and it's a really unique telling of the rise of Hollywood. I'm a big fan of, like, the big oral history books that they put together. There's one about MTV. Not these authors in particular, but just, like, in general. There's one about MTV that I loved. There was one about Saturday Night Live that was really great, which was, like, my takeaway from that book was that no one liked Chevy Chase. But it's really fun. And also, it's great if you just want to, like, read it in pieces. You don't have to sit down and just read the whole thing at once. Um, so this is Hollywood. The Oral History by Janine Basinger and Sam Wasson. That sounds like, su I mean, 800 pages. It sounds like such an amazing resource as well. Like, yeah. But yeah, is 800 pages even enough? <laughs> that still feels like scratching the surface, right? Yeah. But they got a lot of like really good stuff in it, so. Nice. 
So for my next pick, I have something a little different. It's called You Already Have the Answers, 365 Questions to Reveal Your Greatest Strengths, a Gratitude Journal by Amanda Daybert. This book doesn't come out until December 6th, but it's totally available for pre-order. And this book is technically a journal. I am not good at keeping a journal if the intent is just to have free-form introspection, but the journaling I do every day is actually just answering certain questions, which makes me incredibly excited for this book. And also, the title includes the term gratitude journal, which makes me roll my eyes typically, but it actually doesn't feel gratitude journaly to me. I actually have a copy of this and I flipped through it. So there are 365 questions in this book and they're divided into 12 categories, one per month. Of course, you can do them in whatever order you want, but the publisher sent me a copy, like I said, so I'll probably start in January. The overall theme of this journal is to be like a love letter to yourself and to also discover what talents, coping mechanisms, ideas, and more you already have inside of you. The first chapter is called What You're Already Doing Right, which I'm super into that. Other chapter titles include The Helpers, Outside the Comfort Zone, Change is Scary, You Are Brave, and more. This book has lined spaces, so you could use this book directly as a journal, or you can just refer to the questions and use whatever external journal or notebook you would like to use. This whole thing came about is it had started as a social media experiment where the author was asking these questions on Twitter Oh, Twitter. And some of the power lies not in only in answering the questions, but sharing your answers as well if you so choose. I think it's a lovely gift for any adult, especially if there are adults in your life or people you know that are feeling stuck. It's not weirdly and unnecessarily gendered, as I find a lot of journals can be sometimes, and it's really accessible. It's titled, You Already Have the Answers, 365 Questions to Reveal Your Greatest Strengths, a Gratitude Journal by Amanda Daybert. All right. This is fun. Look at all this cool stuff we're talking about. Yeah. My next pick today is the only one I think that is not out yet, but it comes out next week, so don't worry. It's We Deserve Monuments by Jas Hammonds. This is a fantastic YA book. Everyone should read it. Uh, I ran into a friend of mine at a conference a couple of months ago, and I said hello, and she said, have you read We Deserve Monuments yet? And that was like her way of saying hello. And book people do that a lot, actually. Uh, And I was like, no. And she's like, well, you have to read it. Like, that's all she wanted to talk about. And so I came home, and I did, and oh my goodness, she was not wrong. It's just fantastic. It's this Amazing YA novel about racism and family and queer love in the South. But a young woman named Avery Anderson, who is very upset when her senior year of high school is disrupted and she's moved to a small town in Georgia. Uh, Avery's mom takes her there because her grandmother, Letty, is terminally ill, her mother's mother, uh, and they're going to take care of her. And so she's going to attend school there now. 
And Grandma Letty and Avery's mom have this very fraught relationship. There is a lot of hurt and trauma and secrets there between them that Avery doesn't understand. And while Avery is there, she makes friends, two friends, Simone and Jade. Uh, And Jade, uh, her mother was murdered years before and it was never solved. So Avery decides she's going to start looking around where she shouldn't and uncovers the town's not-so-secret history of racism as her relationship with Simone moves from friendship to romance. But she's going to learn about a lot of secrets, including, you know, what's going on between her mother and her grandmother. It's just amazing! It's a powerful story of young love, of intergenerational trauma, of racism, and of forgiveness. It's sweet, it's moving, it's exquisitely, heart-squeezingly rendered. A lot more adjectives that I'm not going to use because we're going to move on to another book, but it's just amazing. So if you only read one YA novel this year, well, I can't just say that because the Sabata here is amazing as well and just won the National Book Award. But if you only read two YA books this year, make it the Sabata here and We Deserve Monuments by Jas Hammonds. And before we hear Patricia's next book, we're going to hear from another sponsor. All right, Patricia, what do you have for us? So I have a book that kind of feels a lot like um, a book I just talked about earlier, which was Revolutionary Women by Anne Shen. And this is called Black Icons in Herstory, 50 Legendary Women, written by Darian Simone Harvin and illustrated by Monica Ahanonu. Again, another rad gift book about amazing women with stunning illustrations of 50 iconic Black women, both living and passed on, who have forged their own paths and lit the way for the rest of us. From Aaliyah to Octavia E. Butler, Angela Davis, Grace Jones, Marsha P. Johnson, Rihanna, Nina Simone, Whitney Houston, Simone Biles, every entry is as phenomenal as the next. I love, love, love the bright illustrations of these iconic women, and they just absolutely shine through the artwork. The stories of these women aren't necessarily all sunshine and rainbows, and there is definitely content that mentions suicide, murder, racism, and more. So you might want to stick with either young adults or adults for this gift. This book is just so beautiful. You gotta see it for yourself. It's Black Icons in Herstory, 50 Legendary Women, written by Darian Simone Harvin and illustrated by Monica Ahanonu. All right. And in keeping with the theme of women in history, my next pick is Bravehearted, The Women of the American West by Katie Hickman. This is a great book for history readers, for people who are interested in women's history. This is a look not just at the white women of the Wild West, but the women often ignored by history books. Uh, Speaking of the Wild West, I just learned this on Jeopardy recently. I did not know. Patricia, do you know who coined the expression Wild West? Have you ever heard this? Uh, no. I (laughs) I assumed it was like Buffalo Bill or something. It was Charlotte Bronte. What? Right? I had no idea. I had never heard that before. Uh, I learned it on Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. (laughs) So, which is on right now, like while we're recording or just got over or something. I don't know. I can't wait to go watch it. But yeah, I had no idea. I was completely stunned. Anyway, moving on. So this book covers women 
in the Wild West, you know, like the late 1800s, not just white women, but Native women displaced by the migration and violence of white people, Chinese bride slaves, and freed black slaves. You know, most of these women, when we watch Wild West movies, are either portrayed as saints and, you know, like these long-suffering wives, or they're portrayed as sex workers and entertainers in the West. Uh, but they were so much more. They had so many other roles. Um, you know, there were a few Calamity Janes, you know, like some hard partying wild women. But, you know, this really gets to the heart of the real women of the West. You know, I, I this is my favorite time period to read about, like the Civil War and post-Civil War West. Um, because, first of all, I can't even imagine, like, you know, your husband saying, hey, um, I've decided I'm going to go look for gold in California and we are going to move 2,000 miles across the country and you just have to go, yep. Ugh. It's just perplexing to imagine having to do that now. And it's, you know, like, and then you have, like, the Donner Party. But, I, I'm you know, I'm getting away from what we're talking about here. Like I said, I just have a lot of thoughts. And then ice cream headache. Um, so this book, though, it's so fascinating. And it's gotten rave reviews. And it's called Bravehearted, The Women of the American West by Katie Hickman. You would love the Jean Autry Museum of the American West down in Los Angeles. Really? It is. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm probably never leaving my house again (laughs) just because, like, this is where my books are. But if I ever go to California, I will make a note of it. That's fair. I'd have to also see the Die Hard building. Of course. Absolutely. Oh, what do I have next? Ooh, Pasta Grannies, Comfort Cooking. (laughs) I'm so excited about this book. So this is Pasta Grannies, Comfort Cooking, Traditional Family Recipes from Italy's Best Home Cooks by Vicki Benison. This is the second Pasta Grannies cookbook. The first one came out in 2019. I have neither, and I am sad about that, but I am very, very excited to tell you about the Pasta Grannies. The author, Vicki Benison, goes around Italy and finds and films women who still make pasta by hand, a tradition that is apparently disappearing. These are usually grandmothers. I think the Pasta Granny started as a YouTube channel. I follow the account on Instagram and I find the videos incredibly satisfying. And (laughs) another abandoned resolution. I had planned to start making pasta by hand this year, but I failed. So 2023 is going to be the year of handmade pasta for me. I'm calling it now. So, I have made pasta before, and fresh pasta is definitely better than store-bought, but it's also more labor. The Pasta Granny's Comfort Cooking Cookbook that just came out this month has recipes that you are not going to find elsewhere. Like 91-year-old Pina's recipe for chestnut gnocchi with walnut pesto. There are also recipes for pizzas, pastries, pies, rice, and more. The really cool thing is that each recipe has a QR code that will take you directly to the video of that particular woman showing you how to make that particular recipe. And I love a multimedia experience. This is a great gift for folks who love to cook, especially the experienced home chef, because like I said, I'm sure there are recipes in this book that people wouldn't have come across otherwise. 
It's Pasta Granny's Comfort Cooking, Traditional Family Recipes from Italy's Best Home Cooks by Vicki Benison. All right. Moving away from food, although the Milky Way is a candy bar, I'm going to recommend <laughs> The Milky Way, an autobiography of our galaxy by Moya McTeer. This is a great book for science fans, fans of outer space. So, again, like I did with cells, I was like, what exactly is the Milky Way? Like, I want to know specifically. Like, I have an idea of it, but maybe I'm wrong. So, Wikipedia tells me that the Milky Way is the galaxy that includes our solar system, with the name describing the galaxy's appearance from Earth, a hazy band of light seen in the night sky formed from stars that cannot be individually distinguished by the naked eye. So, sounds cool, right? This book is about the Milky Way. Now, who better to tell us about the Milky Way than the Milky Way itself? That's right, the Milky Way is the narrator of this book, and it sounds silly and fun, and it absolutely is. First of all, I would just like to tell you a little bit about Dr. Moya McTeer, because I read her biography, and there was nothing in here that I didn't want to tell you about. It sounds amazing, so just humor me for a second while I read you this. She is an astrophysicist, folklorist, and science communicator based in New York City. After graduating from Harvard as the first person in the school's history to study both astronomy and mythology, she earned her PhD in astrophysics at Columbia University, where she was selected as a National Science Foundation Research Fellow. And then now she consults with companies like Disney and PBS on their fictional worlds, help design, helps design exhibits for the New York Hall of Science, and gives hundreds of talks about science around the globe. And when she's not researching space or imagining new worlds, she can likely be found watching trashy reality TV with her cat Cosmo. How cool does that life sound? I um, mean, basically the raddest person in existence. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. And she wrote this irreverent approach to teaching us about the galaxy, which is, wait for it, out of this world. Oh my god, Liberty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know, Canceled. I need to sit in the corner and think about what I've done. Um, <laughs> it's just so fascinating and fun. Uh, you know, the, the Milky Way is 13 billion years old. And it has 100 billion stars, and I had to look up how to pronounce this word because I've never seen it before, 50 undecillion tons of gas, which is wild. And it's, you know, this book is about its beginnings and also how the galaxy is eventually going to die. But don't feel too sad because we are going to have been gone for a very long time before that happens. Uh, so it's also Publishers Weekly Best Book of the Year. It's great. It's The Milky Way, an autobiography of our galaxy by Moira McTeer. Really sorry about the dad joke. <laughs> I love the journey we've been on through this show so far. Like you started, <laughs> well, like you started with the cell, like the smallest pop- possible unit of life. Oh. And then I'm like nature guide. And it's like, okay. And then like the Milky Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We started out talking about very small things like cells and my brain, and then we moved on to the Milky Way. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. And we didn't even plan it. Look at us. Nope. Plan it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wah, wah. You can tell that it's like the end of the work week and we're very punchy. <laughs> so uh, my my next book also has to do with planets, kind-ish, I think. 
It's called Magic Days, your journey through the astrology, numerology, and tarot of every day of the year by Nadine Jane. I have not done the maths, but I imagine it's really likely that we all know at least one person who has really leaned into astrology and or tarot over the past few years, so I feel like this book is especially timely. Coincidentally, if you are a Book Riot Insider, I think I talk about this a bit in the Insiders Only podcast episode that also drops today. So, this book is nice and thick, over 750 pages. The bulk of the book is two pages for each day of the year. The page on the left is the astrological, numerological tarot journey of that particular day for everyone. It has a couple paragraphs about the day, a suggested mantra, a journal prompt, and a ritual, and also a few famous folks born on that day and a quote from one of them. Then the page for each day that is on the right is specifically for folks born on that day. It has a high-level overview of the astrological, numerological, and tarot guides for folks who have that birthday. This book just came out this month, and it would be a lovely gift for your friend or family member who has been leaning into the magic lately, which a lot of people have. It's called Magic Days, Your Journey Through the Astrology, Numerology, and Tarot of Every Day of the Year by Nadine Jane. It seems like a good time to mention again that Erin Morgenstern, author of The Starless Sea and The Night Circus, released her own tarot deck last week with a 78-card deck and guidebook that she wrote and did the illustrations, and it's really cool. So if you have someone in your life who is interested in tarot, you could check it out. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, I've seen the pictures. I just recently finished reading um, a book that maybe came out this month, Astrid Parker Can't Fail. Mm-hmm. And a tarot deck features in the book, and it's actually the tarot deck I own and use. And I was <gasps> like, hey, I recognize that description of that card. So it's in the air, everyone. It's in the air. Yeah, I do love, I haven't read Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail, but I did love Delilah Green Doesn't Care, which was uh, the first book in that series, which I'll just shout that out. I just shout out books all day long until, right? until the Milky Way ends, probably. Um, but for my last pick for today, for great gift books, I picked a coffee table book uh, that I wanted so much, so I got it for myself. It is Creature, Paintings, Drawings, and Reflections by Sean Tan. You might recognize Sean Tan's name. He is an Australian author and artist. That's a lot of A's. Uh, He's done such famous works as The Arrival, The Singing Bones, Cicada. And this is a coffee table book of his work containing sketches and art from his 25-year career, which includes other works such as The Lost Thing and Tales from Outer Suburbia. It also includes a lot of unseen works like standalone pieces and sketches, and he also adds descriptive commentary about the pieces, which is always so fun, even when I'm reading books that I'm not particularly interested in what's happening with the art, unlike this one, which I absolutely loved. It's really interesting to read people's being like, well, one day I was on the subway and I saw this thing on the floor and it made me think of this, and then, I, like, the where these ideas come from? 
are just astounding. It could be something so simple as riding on the subway or having a dream or, you know, I just, I love that kind of stuff. It's, it's so fascinating. And his work is so weird and beautiful. The cover is a giant owl with one eye, one giant eye, sitting in a field with a little girl who is holding a flower. And this is rendered, you know, realistically. So you would think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe in Australia they have owls this size. That would not surprise me. Um, but it looks like a, a real, you know, picture of this owl. Um, there's a beautiful one of a triceratops and its baby. There's a little fork-headed creature done in charcoal who's planting a seed in a bottle cap. I think my favorite illustration in the book is a goat and a rabbit who are dressed in clothes. And the goat is passing a giant strawberry to the rabbit. But the seeds on the strawberry are letters instead of seeds. And it's so cool. And now I'm like, I want a strawberry tattoo with letters instead of seeds. Like, I mean, like, where did he come up with this idea? I love it. I love art. It's just beautiful. If you love art or illustrations or even want like a cool coffee table book to have around for conversation starters, I would check this one out. It is Creature Paintings, Drawings, and Reflections by Sean Tan. That sounds lovely. I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah. So I think it's either coming out today. It was supposed to come out two weeks ago and it didn't have a like a strict laydown date. So I ordered it for my local indie and I got it. But I think now they've technically moved the release date to either today or next week. So just FYI. Yeah, I love The Arrival. That's oh, I yes. love that book. Oh, so good. So for my last pick, I have another cookbook. It is A Good Day to Bake, Simple Baking Recipes for Every Mood by Benjamina Ebuehi. This is a cookbook by a Great British Baking Show alumna. I do not yet own this cookbook either, but it's on my wish list for sure. If you have listened to any other episodes of this podcast or all the backlists where I've been hosting or co-hosting, then you will know that I love to bake. I have lately been obsessed with the book Snacking Cakes by Yossi Arafi because the recipes use ingredients I already have on hand and they're things I can whip together in a short amount of time. So when I heard about A Good Day to Bake by Benjamina Ebuehi, my entire soul lit up. I would love to bake more frequently than I do and I am always on the hunt for recipes that are simple but satisfying. Now, I have looked at some of the recipes and Ebuehi's definition of simple might not be the same definition that many of us use. However, the rosemary and honey scone recipe looks delightful and you know what? If I'm feeling adventurous, I definitely pull out the mandolin to make parsnip crisps for the parsnip orange and ginger loaf recipe. This book is a great gift for experienced home bakers looking for inspiration and maybe something fresh and new. It's called A Good Day to Bake, Simple Baking Recipes for Every Mood by Benjamina Ebuehi. All right. So that was a fabulous, if I do say so myself, selection of great gift books. So Patricia, what are you going to read next? Let's see. I am currently halfway through, even though I knew the end by C.L. Polk. So good. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm reading it, and then, oh, it took a turn. And then I'm reading, I'm like, oh, it took another. Oh, so good. 
so good. And I just started the audiobook of Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends by Marissa G. Franco. I'm very much into like having close, intimate friendships. And I write my friends love letters and we send each other mail. And so I'm like a book about friendship. Yes, please. (gasps) That reminds me, I got a sticker from you. Thank you. Yay, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I had to tell you, but you know, I forgot. And then, um, thank you for my mail. Ghost blob. (laughs) You're welcome. What are you reading right now? So, uh, last night, I got The Librarianist by Patrick DeWitt and literally stopped what I was doing and started reading it. And then, of course, like life interrupted and I almost finished it, but I love Patrick DeWitt so much. He's one of my favorite authors, which is interesting. He, this is only his fifth book, which is wild to me, but he's also the author of like The Sisters Brothers, French Exit, and my favorite, Under Major Domo Minor, which I feel like is such an underrated book. So brilliant. And this one is amazing. Um, It's about a retired librarian who goes to volunteer at a nursing home. And I'm also, after this, going to start The Sleeping Car Porter by Suzette Mayer, which just won the 2022 Scotiabank Giller Prize. Because I've read uh, one other book by Mayer, which... Mono, I can't remember now, but I really enjoyed it. And this one is supposed to be fantastic. So that's what I'm going to read next and 800 other books. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it. We did it. <laughs> that's all for today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us online. Patricia, are you still on Twitter right now? Are you- I am on Twitter until they rip it out of my cold, dead hands. Because I also <laughs> don't like. I also don't want to deactivate my Twitter and then someone else grabs my handle because, like, I yeah. use the same handle everywhere: TikTok, Instagram, whatever. So yeah, like uh, you know, I'm very sad about what's going on, and you know, but I don't think it's going to actually go away. I think it might break down for some parts and. You know, yeah. but I think it'll come back eventually. I mean, it would be so sad. It's brought me every, pretty much everyone I know in my life these days. You know, I met on Twitter. I met Rebecca on Twitter. I met you on Twitter. I met, you know, I got my book riot job on Twitter. Yeah. You know, so I would be very sad. So you hang out on Twitter and Instagram at the info file, which is T H E I N F O P H I L E. I mostly hang out on Instagram uh, at Friends and Comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts and leave a rating or review. Please don't mention my terrible dad joke. Uh, and I'm mentioning it everywhere. <laughs> and uh, we would love that because it helps other book lovers to find us. And we love book lovers. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading! reading.